Amen. What's going on, everybody? How are you today? All right. Good, good, good deal. Uh, hey, this is Open House Sunday. All right, Open House. So if you don't know what that means, that means uh, when you're finished with the service here, or when we're finished, hopefully you're not finished before I'm finished, uh, <laughs> when the service is over here today, uh, if you would like to uh, go upstairs and see the new area, the new remodel, the new thingamajigger up there. Uh, you are welcome to do so. And uh, there are directional signs and some people up there and descriptions and everything else. And so uh, this is our open house week. If you'd like to go up there and look after service, check it out. Come on. Check it out. Good deal. Also, hey, real quick, uh, if you're new with us uh, today or recently or like a long time. <laughs> uh, next week is our lunch that we do for you. Special lunch next week, right after this service, right after the second service, about 12.50. We'll uh, have a special lunch that will give you the ins and outs and who, what, when, where, why, how about Life Church. Okay? Designed just for you. We'd love to have you come. Um, you don't have to sign up. You can just show up and listen and eat and participate in that luncheon, and it'll be great. So we'd love to have you there next week. Plan on it. Good, good? Ready for some word? Did I hear a no? All right. <laughs> almost thought I heard the O sound in there. It's like, why, why are you here? <laughs> Drug problem. Someone drug me here. <laughs> I get it. That happens once in a while. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. If you have your Bible, got your Bible apps, uh, look at Ephesians. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Uh, we started a, a message series, a teaching last week uh, called Church Checkup. Everybody ready for a checkup? <laughs> if you're, uh, again, if you're visiting with us today, you know, welcome to our surgery. Uh, <laughs> Everybody take a deep breath. Open your mouth and say, ah. Uh, what, else, what else does a doctor do? Bend over. Or, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, <laughs> what? Oh, that, oh, don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Get on the scale. I don't know. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little church checkup here. Uh, we started this this message, and uh, the the analogy is sim simply goes like this: just like a person can be um, healthy or unhealthy in a physical way, or in a mental or emotional way. Uh, also, it's true that a church could be unhealthy, and uh, obviously, I don't believe that that is the case with our church on any kind of large scale. Yet, a checkup is very healthy for us to do. And uh, we want to look at it because the church is made up of, uh, obviously it's not a building. A building is something we meet in, but it's made up of individuals. You are the church, I am the church, but then we are the church together, right? And, uh, and so we want to look at our, ourselves on an individual basis and say, hey, is, is the way that I think, the way that I conduct myself, is it contributing towards a, a healthy environment or, you know, am I the problem? <laughs> am, I, am I the unhealthy part of life church? And so, so we want to get everyone on the right page and be doing the same things. Um, as with our personal lives, you know, 
uh, what we do will result in better or worse health. You know, per- physically, we, we, would, we would think about someone's diet and, and, and their, their movement, their exercise. We'd look at what they believe, look at their faith, and those things can contribute to a healthy body or an unhealthy body. Uh, likewise, uh, we look at the church as a whole, and we say, well, what are we doing? Or is, is what we are doing conducive to a healthier church or an unhealthy church? You know, and I, I really believe that if we simply do what we were created to do, what we were designed by the maker to do, then things are going to go well for us, yeah? Uh, I, I wasn't created on, a, on an individual level, personal level, to, to drink motor oil, for example, that would be unhealthy practice. You know, that goes in the engine, not in your mouth. Yeah? And there are some things that, you know, if someone's a part of a, a great local church, there are some things that are necessary and you operate, you, you think, you, you do, you act this way, you act another way, it's, gonna, it's just going to give you problems. Amen? Okay. And so we were sharing last week, and we'll get to Ephesians 4 here in a minute, but we were sharing last week about this one principle that we were designed to be joined and knit together, okay? Uh, We want to be together in multiple ways. One is proximity. It was God's design that His people would get together, all right? The, The idea of church or assembling in a place like this to... Uh, do various things is a God idea. He wanted us to literally get together, okay? We don't want to use um, things like technology on any kind of permanent level to keep us uh, outside of the connections that are made when we're in proximity with one another, yeah? But more than that, being joined or knit together, it's not just about being in the same room, breathing the same air. It is about the relational component. It is literally, when you think about being knit, you think of someone taking yarn and doing their thing and they make uh, a dress or something. No dresses with yarn, okay. Uh, Make a potholder or an Afghan or something like that. But when, when something is knit, knit together, I know, I'm just having fun. I know people don't wear yarn dresses. They could wear a yarn sweater, couldn't they? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, when something is knit together, you can't just pull that apart. You can't easily just yank. I mean, you'd have to get a cutting tool or take a, do a lot of work to get that apart. If we ever find ourselves easily pulled away or pulled apart from the body of Christ, then we, we can know that we were never truly joined and knit together to begin with. All right, Just attending or being a part of a local church is a positive, but how many know you could be a part of our church and never really be joined and knit together with anyone? And that's what we want to avoid because if the enemy can cut you off or easily pull you away through a various number of experiences that may happen, then he wins and you lose. And if you lose, honestly, I lose to a degree as well. We all lose when parts of us are pulled away from each other. Yeah? We are simply better when we are together. And so when it comes to, uh, you know, being pulled aside... Think about it. Is this the Spirit of God pulling me away? Is this the devil pulling me away? And that's an important question to, to answer. Around here, we, we shared with you how 
being a part of our ministry teams is one way to get knit together and joined in relationship. Being a part of our life groups is another way to be joined and knit together with other people. But I want to go on to another one. So let's go, go to Ephesians 4 once again. Ephesians chapter 4 and, and beginning in verse 11, it, it reads, And he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So those five ministry gifts were designed by the Lord and set in the church to produce certain results. That is, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying, that's the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But, speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom... The whole body joined and knit together, there's that phrase, by what every joint supplies. That's for today. Everybody see that? By what every joint supplies. According to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so there, there, there's this principle called everyone supplies. All right, the, the, the concept there of a joint, you think, and you're thinking about a body, thinking about different joints in your body. Another passage used the word ligaments, and we're all likened unto joints and ligaments within the body and how uh, basically there is a supply of, of life that flows through each and every person to other parts of the body. Yeah, there is supposed to be within this house a a flow, if you will, of divine life and supply of God's needed resources that goes in, in, in between every single one of us, all right? What we're looking for is to not have any, any cuts in the, in the supply chain. It, we're, not, we're, we're looking to stop any, any barriers from uh, hindering the supply of God's Spirit from flowing to each and every one. Here's a related verse. It's Colossians 2.19. It reads, And not holding fast to the head, that's Jesus, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. So we're all designed to be a part of the life-giving flow. Now, in considering supply... You know, so supply of what? Well, really a whole bunch of things. But just think of the concept of a supply. In, in old times, you can read biblical stories. You can look at history. You'll find that when one nation, one country, one army wanted to defeat another um, city or take it over or, you know, uh, take them down, one thing they would do is lay siege to that country, to that city. So people are walled up, you know, they're protected, they've got their barriers in place, so they couldn't just march in and take them over. So what they do is they'd, they'd set up a siege. Basically, they would stop all the supplies of goods and services from going in and out of that city. How many know you do that long enough, 
and they're going to say, uncle. Right? You stop it. Eventually, people are hungry. Eventually, people, they can't conduct their life as usual. They wear them down by cutting off the supply. Can you see how, how the enemy would work against an individual that way and ultimately against the church in that same way? Is if he could cut off the supply line of God that flows from one person through another, eventually people give up. I just, I just don't know what something's wrong. Something's, going, something's not right in my life. And, and people cut themselves off from, in the proximity way because there's no divine flow of life going to them. Yeah? He wants to, you know, cut you off, basically. And this is what we've got to guard against. Could that be happening? Could that be happening in our house? Could there be parts of our body that there's no, uh, there's no supply line to? think of it in the in the physical sense like blood flow if a part of your body does not have accurate or adequate blood flow eventually that foot is not going to do so well right eventually that toe is you know it needs to be connected to the body it needs a flow of blood for circulation or it's going to die amen and i just kind of think all the parts of the body are necessary I don't know if any, anyone here just kind of looks at different, you know, I don't need that toe. I've heard from those who've lost toes that they're really important. You know, it's not like, hey, one less nail to cut. Woohoo! <laughs> I think that's usually the sacrifice people are willing to make to keep them. <laughs> this guy I knew years ago, he worked on our, on our dairy growing up and, and, uh, uh, or for a period of time, and he was he was riding on. We we pull sometimes a, with a tractor, had a flatbed trailer, and then you've got that that tongue thing that goes from the trailer to the tractor that sits on the, the on the little ball there, the hitch. Thank you. <laughs> I could do charades. Uh, uh, and he was standing on that, and we'd ride. You know, we'd ride around the dairy in very unsafe ways it seems like looking back <laughs> you know you get in the scoop of the tractor you just ride and you stand there you got this much leaning room and you're good <laughs> and uh you know i think about it as kids you know you're because uh, laws were different and things were different back then cars didn't all have seat belts and everything and you know mom would take the child and just put them on the dash of the car <laughs> stay <laughs> and uh Anyway, he was uh, he he was riding he was riding. Sometimes we'd ride between the tractor and the and the flatbed, the trailer. You just ride in there and you hold on to something. And you're just standing on that, you know, cruising around. But if the tractor goes down, you know that uh, that tongue there thing would go like that up against the flatbed, and and uh, and when your feet are there, that's bad. And so, anyway, this guy, his, his wasn't. His toe got cut off. That's when you realize how important your different body parts are. <laughs> I've heard from some, you have to almost learn how to walk again. You know, when you lose a toe, you don't realize how valuable they are. And, uh, and I don't want that to happen in here. I don't want our church to lose any toes. You might think, oh, I'm just a toe. What does it really matter? Well, you... <laughs> 
let's get a knife and see how much you matter. <laughs> we need all parts to function. And I'm not willing that, I'm not willing that any, anyone would be cut off, that, that the blood supply would be cut off, that the life-giving flow would be cut off. Um, as a whole, uh, we can look and say, hey, we're, we're a healthy church, and, and I believe we are, but, but, but think about it. If just small parts here and there get cut off from the supply, well, then there's unhealthy parts within the body. I don't think physically we would put up with that. We would think, i got to do something. This, it's like my little finger's dying. <laughs> you know, we, we would value that. But when it comes to the, the body of Christ, maybe we don't consider it so important. But we ought to. Every person is important. You know, Philippians 4.19 is a verse that we often quote and, and remember it, where Paul said, um, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Notice that God is a supplier. He's the one who supplies. We're all, always looking for a sufficient and adequate supply of the things that we need. But in the, in the, in the Scriptures, in the New Testament, which is the, our part of the book, in the New Testament, what you see is over and over one part of Christ's body would supply things to other parts. You'll read about people taking up offerings. We're going to, everybody bring your offering together. What was the offering for? It was because another part of the body had needs. We're going to send this to the church in Jerusalem. We're going to, we're going to do this over here. And so one part of the body would meet the needs of the other part of the body. And we might think, well, I thought you said, you know, Philippians 4, that God supplies. Well, why don't God supply the need? Maybe that's how he supplies the need. Do you, th- do you think like this? If I have a need, I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust the Lord for, for, you know, finances. And then I'm going to go outside with a bucket to catch reigning U.S. currency. God said he'd supply my need, so I'm trusting him. Here it comes. That's not the way we think. We know that he's not a counterfeiter, right? Well, we know that he's not doing it that way. But what's his design? I'm trusting him to supply, and him being Jesus, the head of the church, will send a signal to some other part of my body that that part of the body needs to give attention to this other part of the body. It's like if you slap, you know, slap your thumb with a hammer, the rest of your body is alerted. <laughs> ah! <laughs> part of the body's in trouble here. And all of your focus and all of your attention, everything else stops to go, Problem, <laughs> you know, we need some attention, get some ice or whatever, get some band We've got a problem over here. That's the same way the church is supposed to function, right? I don't mean that thumb necessarily goes around to the rest of the body and says hurting, 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 hurting. But what happens is it all goes through the head. And that's how the body of Christ functions. When we are staying in tune with Jesus, the head of the church, he gives us signals, he gives us direction and says, hey, help over here. Hey, do something for these. Hey, pray about this over here. Because he sees the whole thing. The brain is in charge of the whole body. We're all taking signals. But if we get cut off from that, that directionary flow, then parts of the body suffer. And we're like, eh, I don't even know about it hardly, let alone care. Amen. And so uh, we, we're believing God for for whatever it is, 
for finances or for help or for strength or something in some area. But the way that he does it is he triggers another part of the body so there'll be a supply line that flows through us. That's when we're healthy. That is. It's not when a part of the body is just out on its own asking the Lord for help and no one else knows. Amen, amen. And so the devil then will work to separate us. First of all, to separate us proximity-wise, there's no relationship, there's no connection, there's no small group stuff, there's no ministry happening together. We're just kind of autonomous people showing up in the same place at the same time, but to keep us somewhat apart from one another. It's the isolation issue. He'll work, but if, if he can't stop that, if we become fully devoted and committed to one another on a relational level, we're committed to the body, then he's just going to work to the second area is to stop the supply from getting from one person to another. Sure, I like you, but, you know, I'm working on myself here. We're all consumed with our own desires, our own needs. We're all self-focused. Amen. You know, it's like I was joking with a friend the other day. He, about, he, had, he had a birthday, and, and, uh, and I said, you know, because he was talking to me about he had, I'd seen him at some place, and he was talking to me about, about the new Apple Watch and how it was so great. So when it was his birthday the next day. I said, I told him, yeah, somebody ought to get you one of those. <laughs> I said, not me, but, you know, I mean, someone, whoever's led ought to, ought to, get, you, ought to get you one of those. <laughs> and we're messing around. But in reality, in the big picture, if it's always not me, somebody else, who is it then? That's not my job. That's not my responsibility. Well, get directions from the head for sure. We're not led by needs, but we are led by him. And when he is directing us by the watch for the person or whatever, then we need to follow that. That's how the healthy body functions. Amen. I mean, if, if this is a house that there is a, we are really excelling in this area. We recognize God's supply in between us. It should not be so uncommon for people to come and someone else in the body does something for them. Meaning, meaning giving to one another. For sure we see this, you know, people are praying for one another. Well, I want the pastor to pray for me. Well, fine, I'd be happy to, but that's not the way this body functions. I'll, you know, it's just one or two people do all the ministry. That's not, that's not scriptural. We pray for another, one another. should be very common in here. People are praying for one another. It should, be, should not be unheard of at all. Someone comes in and, and uh, you know, they're going through life. They're not telling everyone their problems, but the, the head, the, the Lord Jesus, is directing us by his spirit. And someone hands someone else some cash. Say, this is for your, I just felt led to give this to you. And it's like perfect timing, perfect setup. Uh, my need was met. The Lord helped me. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the enemy wants to work to stop that flow. And so uh, sometimes it's neither me nor you nor others. No one's ministering or giving to one another. The supply is completely cut off. But this is when everyone lives for themselves. The focus is on what I want, what I need. There's no sacrifice. There's no laying down of our lives for one another. And that's what Jesus called love, didn't he? That's what Jesus referred to as love. I think the church ought to be, I mean, if anything ought to be our characteristic, it ought to be love. 
Yeah, remember what Jesus said in John 15, 13? No greater, no love, excuse me, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. So what, what kind of church ought this to be if we're healthy? A place where people lay down their lives for one another. Now, obviously, we're not generally talking about taking a bullet, <laughs> pushing someone out of the way of the train that's coming, and that, doesn't, that kind of stuff doesn't happen too often. But usually what laying down one's life for someone else is I give up my time, what's valuable to me, so I can help someone else. I've got a busy life, you've got a busy life, but you're, you've got something I can do for you. I'm going to lay down my life to help you in some way. Yeah? That's the kind of place I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church, church I want to pastor, the kind of church I want to I I attend. You know, um, th- this kind of place is where, pe- you know, again, on the negative side, it could be called entitlement. Uh, we just expect everyone else to do something for us. You know, it could be called... Uh, a consumer church. Everyone just comes to get what they want, to get what they need. And, and I, so as long as I get myself taken care of, we're all leeches, you know, come in here. Suck up the life and get on out. Well, that only goes so far, you know. That, that can only last so long. And uh, some of you, you, maybe you've been in relationship, or maybe you are, and don't elbow anyone right now. But in relationships where it's all one-sided, one person is doing all the giving, the other person's doing all the receiving. How many know that's only going to last so long? That, that's, that's difficult to, to continue in that because one side is drying up, the other side, you know, is too much. It's unbalanced. It's unhealthy. It's not healthy for a church to be that way. It's really not. If you were looking for a church and so you got on the, their website and you said, and it said like about us or something. And you looked, and it said, "We are all in this for ourselves." <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> you know, we don't help, <laughs> but we expect the church to help us. You know, statements like that, and everyone, we give our opinion constantly. <laughs> If we don't like something, we make it known. And it's just a, a whole selfish, critical attitude. Would you be like, hey, let's, let's take the family over there. We could go in there. They'll, be, they'll, be, they'll suck the life out of us too. You would probably just mark that one right off the list. Say, Lord, I'm not even going to pray about it. Uh, not, not, not going there. Uh, but if just the opposite were true, if you could genuinely find a... a, a a church that is so full of life, people are paying each other's cars off. <laughs> people are, are praying for one another. Uh, they're, 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 they're friendly with, they're just available. What can I, always asking, what can I do for you? Anything I can do for you? Anything you need? Every, everything okay? Can I get you anything? People opening the door. No, you, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. They get in fights. Over, no, you go ahead. Because <laughs> they're all trying to, to minister. Well, that would be a desirable atmosphere to live in, to thrive in. I think that's a good picture of what the Lord's body is supposed to be. Amen. So if it's, if it's no one, there's no flow from one to another, or if it's just partial, you know, you got one part of the body, they're doing, they're, they're full of life and full of love, and they're giving and laying themselves down, and you got another side of the body, and, and they're just kind of thinking, 
uh, yeah, I need to receive. <laughs> what, what can they do for me? You know, it's like the individual that has the, the mentality of, you know, I, I think the church ought to do such and such for, for me or for us. Or the church ought to do, I, when I've heard that language, because I heard that several years ago from some folks uh, without names, they don't have names. Um, and I thought, dude, you are the church. What do you mean the church ought to do such and such? That's you. Are you going back into this old mentality where the church is the building? Where the church is a structure? Or where it's just a couple individuals at the top? You know, who are, no, that's not, the, that's not the New Testament. That's not our new covenant. His spirit is in all of us. And someone said, the church ought to do this for me. You are the church. Come on, man, step up. Is that too harsh? Okay, then step up. <laughs> I want to make sure it's okay before I yell. <laughs> but you think, about a, you think about a body where, you know, maybe someone who's had a stroke and, and part of their body goes, goes numb and they, they can't, you know, they can't smile fully or they can't use one side of their body or something like that. See, that's not a picture of how the church is supposed to function. We're just part of the body is kind of working double. Because the other part is not getting signals anymore. That life flow is no longer there. A church family can't operate that way. What's the, what's the best church in the country? What's the best church in the world? I tell you, it's, it's a church where, where every part has a supply flowing to them and a supply flowing through them. And every part is, is, um, it has God's life in it. Amen. And so I guess I'm just, you know, we're doing a checkup and we're looking in your ears and we're looking in your eyes and ah, I want to make sure you're not the dead toe. I want to make sure no one's one's cut off from the supply because in a church body, you you can last that way for a while. And I know sometimes people come in and their life is a mess and they, they're really not on the giving side per se yet. But you don't want to stay there forever. Maybe you just, you just need a blood transfusion for a while. We'll get you back up to speed, get you fire on all cylinders, get you healthy and strong on a personal level, walking with God. But then get in the culture, man, because something, something wants to not just come to you but then go through you. That's how this place maintains, maintains a level of health and vitality. Praise God. And so the scripture again says there in Ephesians, everyone supplies. Here's a, here's a wrong belief. I don't have anything to give. What I have is not that important. What I have, my part, doesn't really matter. That's a lie of the enemy to keep the life flow from, from continuing amongst us. Here's the reality. Every joint supplies. Say it out loud with me. Say, I believe that I have something in me that's a value. Value to God. Value to those around me. I am a part of the life-giving flow. I'm not going to cut it off. Amen. So that belief then, that belief system that, that says what I have doesn't really matter is, is wrong. There is something in you that we need. If you go AWOL, we suffer. 
I don't think anyone would ever notice. Maybe, I don't know. Depends on how, what, what, what part there is contributing right now and what flow there's coming through you. But eventually, the health of the whole house just goes down a notch. Down a notch. Are we alive if we're half paralyzed? Sure. You know, maybe we're on crutches or, you know, uh, if, if we keep functioning that way, are we still alive if we're in the wheelchair? Yeah, we're alive. Probably some good things are happening. But we're not as mobile as we ought to be, as we can be. I don't want to be a wheelchair church. <laughs> you know what I mean by that. People in wheelchairs are welcome here. You know what I'm talking about. As a, as a whole, we want, we want there to be uh, life going through every single one of us. And so if we all began to see ourselves as a vital part of a healthy church, what if we all knew there was something in us individually that God could use that he wanted to use to build his body then what's the potential of what this house could be like the way it works is every single one of us should be on a giving and receiving end continually there's always something going coming to me there's always something going through or from me to someone else I have something to give I have something to receive. You might think, well, the latter is easy. Well, sometimes individuals, they view themselves as, you know, I don't need anything. I don't need any help. I don't want anything. I'm not a charity case. Or Stop that. You're knocking off the flow just like the person who's, who won't give, who won't supply anything. Be a receiver. Amen. Amen. Even when I'm preaching, be a receiver. Well, I don't need this. This is too simplistic today. <laughs> Often, listen, the way we miss it in life is not because we don't, we're not operating in the advanced super revelations. We're often missing it in the basic things called L-O-V-E. The God kind of love that motivates us and moves us to both give and receive. Amen. This is a part of God's life-giving flow. This is what a healthy church looks like. We get together as much as we can. We have relationships. We're joined. We're knit. And then we recognize there is a supply of God's Spirit that moves continually through us. We're all contributing. We're all receiving. This makes a healthy body. Amen. Father, thank you for working in our hearts today. Thank you for, for showing us your way, for showing us how to do things right so we can live and we can thrive, Sh showing us how we can be alive, showing us how we can all contribute, all be a part of your life-giving flow. We believe in your supply, in your abundant providing supply. It comes from you, but it comes through us. So thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, you're the head, the head of the church. Give instructions, we pray, to us today. Give instructions to each part of your body that they may know when it's time to act, when it's time to pray, when it's time to do, when it's time to give, when it's time to serve, when it, that we may, we may know where, where we ought to be, where we ought to go, so we don't hinder the flow. 
Thank you for your life in this house. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, God is good. That wasn't too hard, was it? All right, everybody stitched up. Did a little surgery, did a little cut, cut you open. So, <laughs> so you back together, and, uh, and, and now, now you can get out of here. Healthier, stronger, good checkup. If, if, if you found any problems along the way, uh, don't hide from us because you've got problems. So, yeah, that really filleted me. I'm really... <laughs> I've been really, I'm really lacking it. Well, good. You're in a good, healthy place where you can step up and things can improve and get better in your life. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. Someone is not truly satisfied until they're a part of this life-giving flow. They may think they are temporarily if everything's just coming to them, but they're not. Ultimately, go to a funeral. You'll find out what life is really about. Because no one talks about how so, how someone acquired so many things in their life, and that's what they what was so valuable about who they were. It's all everyone talks about what they did for others. Here's what they meant to me. Here's what they did. Here's what here's what they did for other people. That's when you see the true picture of what's of what life is really about. Amen. Amen. I want to take a moment today and. And, uh, and give an opportunity for anyone and everyone that's not right with God to receive eternal life. All right? You know, ultimately, um, this life-giving flow starts with being saved. That's a Bible word, saved or salvation. Uh, another, another word is called eternal life. Eternal life. You either have eternal life or you don't have eternal life. You don't get it someday when you die. You have to die with it. You know when they say you can't take it with you? Well, that's the one thing you do you do take with you. You receive a gift from God called eternal life. You do it at any point in your life. But once you physically pass away, you either have it or you don't. Right? And the way the, the reason we need this is because we've all sinned. That's the Bible word for you've missed the mark. The mark is God's standard of perfection. He is holy and righteous, and all of us have come short of that. Every single one of us, we can relate. We don't need to throw stones at anyone. We don't need to be a place of condemnation because we can all relate. We've all blown it, blown it little, blown it big. We've all blown it, and so we all come short of God's glory. Religion tries to fix that and never succeeds. Religion doesn't save anybody. Uh, human effort tries to fix that doesn't succeed you know it's the try harder do a little bit better clean up your life problem is is it'll never be cleaned up enough it'll never be fully cleaned up never be perfect you'll never reach god's standard it's too high here's the good part of the of this story though is god knew where we were and he loved us anyway even while we were sinners he loved us he sent his own son that's jesus on the cross he suffered and died in our place he suffered and died so we wouldn't have to suffer and die for our own sins. All our sins placed on his son. It was horrible. It was brutal. But when Jesus was finished with that, when he was raised from the dead, God could legally announce and proclaim, your bill is paid, your slate is wiped clean, your, your account is settled, you don't owe anything any longer. You say, well, what about all the things I did? Jesus paid for them. But I don't deserve heaven. That's true, but he didn't deserve the cross. So it was a big switcheroo. 
We got what he deserved. He got what we deserved. And, and we'd be fools not to take him up on this deal. It is a really good offer. Yeah? And so, because Jesus was raised from the, the dead and all accounts have been paid in full, our only part of this equation is to accept it. We say yes or we say no. We reset, we receive or we reject. I received the Lord in my life. I'm so glad I did. I prayed uh, quite a few years ago and I said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. I give you my heart, all that I am. I receive. You know, I don't remember exactly what I said, but uh, I basically said that and I made Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life and I've been changed ever since. It's good. It's good. It's good. And, uh, and if you've never done that, would you like to do that today? I want to give you a chance. Sometimes people just don't know what to do. They say, well, they, they talked me into going to church or whatever. Uh, what, does that do? what does that do? You can be born again. In fact, Jesus said in the scripture, John chapter 3, verse 3, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. That's why we're not talking about outward conformity. We're talking about an inward resurrection. It's spiritual. You're raised from the dead. Literally, you're given life where there was death if you'd like to receive eternal life receive salvation be born again today you can in just a minute i'll just uh, have you lift up your hands i'll count to three one two three boom i'll clap my hand you just lift up your hands all across the building in the cafe service if you're watching online uh let us know write in tell us that you're doing this uh but just slip up your hand i'll acknowledge you you can put it back down we'll come and we'll pray and you'll be changed today forever amen Everybody ready for this today? Who should lift up their hand? Who am I talking to? Just real clear, real specific. Don't want anyone to go out of here confused. Uh, number one, anyone who would just say, if I, if I died today, I wouldn't go to heaven or I don't know if I would. And I want to know. Well, good news is you can. You can know. You lift up your hand. Secondly, anyone who would just say, I've never been born again. Or I don't know if I've been born again. And you, you may have been to church or prayed, believed in God. Fine. You've never been born again. You ready? Ready, ready, ready? You can have that today. Or number three, anyone at all today who would just say, I've never given all my heart and life once and for all to the Lord. I've never gone all in with God and I'm ready to do business with Him today. This is my day to go all in with Him. Out of the kitty, into the pool, off the diving board, jumping in the deep end. If that's you, you're ready to do business with the Lord today, you lift up your hand as well. We'll include you in the special time of prayer. Amen, amen. Praise God. Everybody ready? On three. On three. Just hold them up for a second, and then you can put it back down. One, two, three. Bam. Lift them up today. See, that's me. Awesome. Thank you right over here. Good deal. Another one right back over there. Thank you for that one, too. Good deal in the cafe service as well. Amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody else good? Everybody else good? Don't want to miss anybody? Don't even want anybody to miss out? If you change your mind between now and a minute when we pray... Uh, then you're still invited to come and be a part. Praise God. Let's all stand. Amen, amen. Could I do this one one last thing for, for those who lifted up their hands over here and over here and anyone else who wants to join us as well? Uh, I'm going to come down off the platform right down here to the front. Could I get you guys to come so we could pray together? And then we're going to we're going to give you some material that you could take home with you and uh, and connect with you. But if you'd like to, would you come so we can pray together? Come on down. It'll be good. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Awesome. Thank you for coming down. Praise God. Praise. You can leave that right there. That's fine.
God bless you. Thanks for coming. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for coming down. God is good. All right. Let's just pray. Let's just take a moment. And, uh, and would you, if you would, just pray this out loud with me from your heart. We're going to have everybody pray, pray this prayer together. And so the Lord is with you right now. He hears your prayer. So say it with me. Dear God in heaven, I repent of my sins. I turn my life to you. I believe in Jesus. He died for me on the cross. He paid for all my sins. He was raised from the dead. And he's alive today. I receive him now as my Savior. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I give all my heart and all my life to you. And I receive your forgiveness and your love and eternal life. I'll never be the same. Thank you for changing me, giving me new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God.